Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I was super stoked to jump on the mic this week with a, dare I say, longtime friend, someone who I have looked to in the Vancouver community in awe, thinking, how the heck does she do it? She looks fabulous. She laughs all the time. She has an adorable family that's always up to some sort of fun, wholesome goodness. My friends, meet Katie. She is so many things and so many titles. Most recently, she has been the co-founder of a glowing PR agency in town called Talk Shop Media. Uh, and yet, it just feels like a title that so does not do this woman justice. There's so many other wonderful things about her. I specifically reached out because I wanted to riff with her on her old days of being a smart cookie and what she could tell us about financial literacy, especially as a woman. I hope you enjoy this one, and I'll leave it to her to introduce herself more fully. Katie, welcome to the show. I am so darn grateful that you said yes. Oh, always <laughs> have a chance to talk to you. Oh, bless. Well, I think there's so many dimensions to you and so many different ways this conversation can go. And before I, dare I say, hit my agenda, will you do us the honor of introducing yourself how you would like to be introduced for what you are up to in the year 2023. Oh my goodness. Well, um, I'm Katie Dunsworth-Riak. I would identify as um, a longtime entrepreneur. I am a co-founder of a couple of uh, creative and public relations and, and great businesses in the agency landscape. Um, and then I'm also a co-founder of a uh, money mentoring business that was featured on Oprah one million years ago um, <laughs> called Smart Cookies. Uh, we wrote a couple books, uh, Smart Cookies Guide to Making More Dough and Smart Cookies Couples and Money. Um, and yeah, now I'm I'm just a passionate um, business owner. I do a lot of mentoring, specifically women in business. Um, and I try to uh, yeah spend my time with my family and just enjoying this world. Oh gosh, enjoying this world. I was like, please mention your family. I think your children are, I mean, just two of the most interesting, fascinating creatures. And I think it's so magical to watch this journey unfold. So we'll make sure the link is below so everyone can catch little snippets of what they're up to. Yes. And I'm not going to lie that I think I watched something on the gram yeah. Spoiler, I deleted the gram and I Good feel like so out of the social landscape oh, and there are so no. many pieces I miss, yet it feels like it was the right thing to do. That mm. being said, the power mm. of the gram is following Katie and her family. Um, when you were sharing, I think it was like, here's how much this outfit cost, mm -hmm. or here's how my kids are hustling. Here's yeah. how they're like making things and doing things. Thing. Yeah. I was like, hold up. And I don't think we often get to talk to entrepreneurs or founders about what's happening in their personal life. And I am so grateful that you have been willing to be open and public about sharing. And so I was like, can we just start there? What's it like being a money mom and having financial conversations with not only conversations with your kids, but like endeavors? What do they think of this? Mom? Oh, my goodness. Well, I, you definitely ask them. Um, but I think they um, have probably gained like an entrepreneurial, um, I think, love. I think what I've probably imparted onto them is that 
Uh, if you want something, it is absolutely achievable, but you got to work. And that means sometimes it means like selling something you have or doing something to earn more money. And that was always like reinforced, whether it was um, my kids, like no child loves a, a yard sale more than my children. Just the idea of like things they're not using can get sold on marketplace, can get sold on their front yard. Um, I always tell the story of when we were moving um, just recently, we, we were like getting, moving into an old house, into our new place. And I said to my daughter, like anything you make, um, if you, if you sell it on marketplace, like it's yours, cause it would just be donated. And I went downstairs to get something, came back upstairs and she had already listed it, sold a desk for $40 and an arranged pickup. And I was like, well, you're only 11. So I should be with you. You can't be like doing these weird marketplace transactions. She had, she had like been using my account and anyway, so they've, yeah, they've learned from a very early age that, uh, yeah, if they want something they can get it, but they're going to have to work. Um, we also, when we debated like getting a family dog and my husband who didn't want a dog was like, I want to both talk her out of getting a dog, but also the dog that we wanted to get cost money. And so like, she's going to have to pay for it. And so we brainstormed like, okay, we're going to become dog sitters, like got a Rover account. And so, so she for two years worked as like a dog sitter through like, we had some of the most atrocious dogs that we dog sat. And my husband's like, it's perfect. It's like gotten really hard. And she was like really stressed out because, you know, you'd have the odd like misbehaving dog. But yeah, we were really proud of that, that after well, she paid for half, but like after the end, she saved $2,000 for her dogs. Was like a, uh, it's yeah. very impressive. That is no joke. Yeah, it's not a secret that earlier this year, um, Team Corker dove into like, what is it to be, quite frankly, a female and rocking your finances, and what does that look like? And so naturally, you're top of mind in the world of smart cookies. And I'm wondering if we can go back in time to a million years ago when you were on Oprah's book list. You were on Oprah. We're at Oprah and they were doing, you know what it was? They had done an original series. This is like very like foreshadowing to the 2008 um, financial crisis. And they just were like, America is spending too much money and is in too much debt. And so they had this program that they wanted the Oprah audience to do called the debt diet. And I remember being like a 23 year old or whatever and watching that and being like, I need this. I have like so much credit card debt. I I just knew in my heart that I was smarter than how I was behaving with my money. But I was like, for me, it was also like, I didn't go to university. I felt like um, I needed to present an image of success that, that like, so it was like, I was spent, I was like overcompensating by spending and, and trying to seem like I have it all together. And that was really taking a toll on, you know, I ended up ultimately marrying. And at the time I was dating my husband who was very, you know, very frugal and was just like, what are you doing? Like, nobody cares that you're wearing expensive jeans or, you know, and so I could just sort of see the writing on the wall of like, this will be a lifelong issue for us if I don't get a handle on, on my like relationship with money. Um, yeah. and I think what I tried to not lose, and I think probably why we ultimately ended up getting on Oprah and, um, why smart cookies resonated with people is we said, 
there's no like one size fits all. It's really about like the way I was saying with my kids is like, if you want it, it can be yours, but you're likely going to have to do something or sacrifice something and work to get there. And that was the part that I was missing. And so smart cookies was really about figuring out your side hustle, figuring out, you know, just spending that just wasn't aligned to your values um, and also being able to advocate for getting paid more. So negotiating raises, um, yeah, just knowing your worth. And so within, yeah. gosh, in our first year, I think we had collectively made and paid off like $80,000 of debt between the five of us, which, you know, at the time was a lot. And so that's what we had written into the Oprah show to say is like, we did this program that you set out and have, had came together and supported each other. And this was our success. So our segment was just a, was like a profile of that. And then that led to um, actually at the show, uh, there was a literary agent that was there who, I mean, that was like one of those serendipitous things. He was like Ariana Huffington's lit agent. And so he negotiated, speaking of money, he negotiated a U.S. book deal with Random House that was $300,000. We were like a bunch of like noobs who knew nothing about writing a book or whatever. So yeah. he got us like, yeah. like what, what yes. we were like, that's a pretty good, whatever. What I didn't know is like, that is the sickest book advance of anyone I've ever met. Like I've yes. met two authors now. And yes. so uh, after Oprah, before our book, I think our book hadn't come out, but it was coming out. Yeah. I got connected with Tim Ferriss through like an old boss. And he had written four hour work week and four hour work week was out. And his big thing was like, I want to be on Oprah. And so he was looking at me from like, she's a publicist. She's also like met Oprah. How do I get yeah. on Oprah? Yeah. He was the biggest douche canoe, like, <laughs> that you could ever, like, I, to this day, I'm like, it was the worst experience of talking to somebody whose book I, like, enjoyed and whatever. And pretty much, so same, same thing is, like, I didn't, I was, I was, like, he, I think he asked me, and he's, like, oh, you're, you got a book deal, like, how much? And so I told him 300000 U.S. <laughs> and he's, yeah. like, then he just got, like, um, ragey and angry, and he's, like, like, how? Uh, uh. Do you know what his book advance was? 20. 50. 20. There we go. 20K. And he was like a New York Times <laughs> seller. Yeah. Well, and he, was mad. he was mad. And I was like, I don't like, I'm not sure why you have this like aggression directed at me. Like, we got good representation, bro. I don't know what to tell you. Like, sorry. Yeah. It was just not like, sorry. Yeah. Not, not sorry, Tim Ferriss. Not sorry. I love these stories. So for context also that I think is important is a book advance of $300,000 nearly 20 years ago. I yeah. mean, I don't think $300,000 book deals are even being given no. out now, no. 15 years later. So I mean, it's phenomenal. It's so rad. There were five of you. Is that right? Yeah, five of us. Yeah, five of you. And I will never forget. I mean, you really were darlings of Vancouver. It was like, yeah. look at you. You were hustling. You were looking at things differently. You would show up. And it's no joke to write a book. And not only did you write one book, you wrote two books. And you came back with the second book. And the second book was for couples. And I can't help but ask, the instigation of the second book. So you mentioned your frugal partner. Did mm. one of you meet a partner that yeah. helped instigate like what is couples? Because yeah. I believe it's 
so you, you know this, I'm just going to share this with our listeners that the top two goals that are typically set every January are to lose weight and save or make more money. Yeah. And the number, I think it's top three within relationships is money. Yeah. Make or break. So there's intimacy, there's family, and I think money um, in no particular order. So I think it, it's everywhere. And I'm like, where are we learning about it? And how are we learning with the changing times? And how do we bring it up with partners? And so I say oh, all that's that. That's a rich, yeah, like topic. Oh, rich. So, I mean, um, at, at the time, we tried to write that book with the lens of three things, people who are in like long-term committed relationships. So it was myself and Robin who were married at the time and could not have married like a more, it was an opposite subtract. So it was about how um, we navigated our relationship. Um, Then it was about like for for the other women um, dating and just again, like trying to as your relationship gets more serious, um, align on things that are, that are like money driven, but also like, it it just goes so much deeper than that. And, and so, yeah, so it was, it was sort of, it was a, it was a combination of both. Um, what really where this topic, like, I think just hits is I, I've, I've, you know, I don't know if you follow my husband who has dedicated his entire Instagram to being about the dishwasher and how to appropriately load the dishwasher, but he takes that same, uh, <laughs> like <Anchor>. veracity <laughs> to spending. And he really prides himself on like being incredibly frugal and, and it, you know, early stages and even now in our relationship, it's, it means his like hyper vigilance to saving and my um, love of like, I want nice things, but I'm willing to like work really hard to be able to afford them, uh, you know, both compliment and rub up against each other. And so it's been like years and years of just figuring out what the right um, method for us is. And I think what it came down to is um, like trust both on intentions. So, it, you know, in the beginning, I think, he had internalized a lot of my wanting to spend on things that were like nice clothes or a nicer car as a, like you're trying. And, and some of it was coming from a place of like insecurity and wanting to um, seek validation through things. And so I really like, that is going to be my life's work of, of really, I have a mantra of, I have everything I need <laughs> um, of just like that, that, that I have everything yeah. I need, but I also, um, appreciate beautiful things and, you know, work, work to not just consume things, but be able to like enjoy and appreciate them when I have them. And on the, Mm -hmm. on the reverse, his, I really felt like his was like, his approach was often a real scarcity driven mindset growing up Mm -hmm. in a family that was very paycheck to paycheck check, very fear driven around. Like if the worst thing could happen, we would be okay. We would have enough money. And you know, kind of saying like, I don't want to live like that. Like I don't live like that. And we do, we do have enough and we should be able to like, so finding a happy medium. And so when we had those, it starts with communication, like those conversations and then also being able to be fully transparent. So when we got together, I was hiding and this is so common. I don't want to say it's just women, but um, in relationships where somebody is like, hiding their spending or is like, I would die if my partner had access to like my bank account. Like, I just don't want them to see like the random 
shoppers, drug mart, makeup purchases or weird Amazon <laughs> things I order. And so we have like complete transparency. I get um, his account statements and he gets mine. We, we still go through them. Um, we have, yeah, like a shared savings goal. So I am actually responsible for all the savings. Um, and so I feel like an intense, I'm not the natural saver. I'm like the natural spender. So reversing those roles was really important for us and having the person who, um, yeah, isn't innately the saver be in charge of that. It's so powerful. What I just heard you say is you have a mantra and is it a money mantra or does it like umbrella to other areas it's, of your it's life. It's really a money mantra because I think yeah. as I go through this world, so much of what we interface with specifically with technology and I work in marketing yeah. and it is like yeah. designed to make us feel like we're not enough. And that if you yeah. just have, you know, this shirt or these yeah. shoes or this car, you're, you're going to have a better life. And so I am the first person to say, I fall victim to that all the time. Like I, yeah. I really do. And so, yeah, I have to be hyper diligent to remind myself yeah. that, that I have, I have everything I need. You have everything you need. And I, so I hear those are money mantra. So for our listeners, it's like land and ground a plane and like what are the words that resonate with your heart that make you walk out in the world and know that you have everything you need? You are safe. You're taken care of. I'm hitting the pause button on this sweet episode to tell you about something that you might like. Our newsletter. We call it the Corkboard. It has all things juicy, whether you are looking to keep in touch between episodes or find out more about our coaching, development, or hot new jobs that we're working on. The link is in our show notes. Your inbox is sacred and your time is too. So now let's get back to the episode. I want to share that I'm really obsessed with gardening in Squamish, Katie. And I was like, this is going to be fun. And, you know, I had one goal one year, probably 12 years ago, that I could make salad for a dinner party from my garden. And that felt like, because it felt like many things had to align in order to make that happen. And what I want to share is I met a friend in the gardening club in Squamish, if that's what you do. And she saved $700 one summer by growing only greens, like only lettuce. So she was saving that on her grocery bill, like by not. Yeah. Amazing. Not like produce only lettuce spinach and kale like only greens because she only had one enough you know a box that was big enough for only one thing so yeah I think that if anything it's like what I'm hearing from you is there's always a different way there's a way to save there's a way to make there's a way to like access and get there and nailed it and that the smart cookies community lit up and I think what we really found and it's sort of what I was saying to, to you earlier about like financial information being quite prescriptive and like there's one yeah. way to approach it the community that we are a part of are like I want to share I've done this great thing here's how I yeah. save money I want to share with you maybe you can take something from it maybe I can learn something from you and so I felt like yeah. in a lot of cases we were the vessels of like hearing how people were couponing or gardening or yeah. renting you know what I mean like I I discovered Turo in the last little bit which is like you can rent other people's cars it's like the Airbnb for cars and so cars. all of these people did that during the pandemic is they're like not using my car and if somebody needs it like there's a yeah there's a million ways yeah okay well that leads me to my next question which was just going to be I know there's like the pair of jeans 
it goes everything from like, there's an expensive pair of jeans to like, you could rent out your car or your home. And I'm wondering what your, if you were to give us like three, I'm like, I don't want to narrow it. It's like, what are your hot tips of like, where are you going doing? And I feel mindful, which also feels very patriarchal and we're not going to get there today. I think people think like you just don't order your latte and then you save all this money. And I have a rub of like, there's a time and a place for a latte and there's a time and a place for not a latte. And, and I just think always like bigger and different. And so I'm wondering what you're, what you can share. Yeah. So I think this is the, this is the boring, like I always talked about, um, the topic of money as the same way you would look at like diet and exercise, which is like, yes, we'd all like to eat better and, you know, be at our optimal shape, but like few of us do it because it's, it's hard work. And I think the people, the thing that people really avoid is like the brass tacks, cold hard facts of like, how much are you making and how much are you spending? And so can't really start. It is, um, counterproductive. Not that there's not, uh, you know, things you can do to save money, things that you can do to make more money. You should do those things. I'll talk about those things, but you need to like scare yourself, like cold water plunge, shock your system into like, what are you spending and what are you making and how much is realistically being left over? So just do a six month snapshot, pull it from your, um, bank and credit card statements and, and, review and try and categorize. There's some great online tools, um, that do that. And what you'll see is like, you're either, there's either some money left over or there's not in Canada, there's more often not money left over. And so people are operating in like a very thin or negative margin of, of their spending and their earnings. And so a big part of our focus was like, okay, let's start to really chip away at like those big ass line items that are eating away at your, ultimately it's like security and stress. I think one of the most stressful things in the world and stress takes a toll on your health and relationships and every facet of your life, frankly. And when you feel financial stress, it, yeah, it takes, it plays a huge, huge toll. And so, um, for us, it really meant looking at the two biggest were like housing and, um, fixed costs, like operating a car. So, uh, you know, moving to a car share model, public transit, you can cut out hundreds of dollars a month. Again, nobody wants to necessarily move, but the the act of reducing your rent by a couple hundred dollars a month, just in those two things, you can probably free up several hundred dollars. And then the, yeah. the fun part begins, right? So I think that that's like the place to begin. Um, yeah. Then the place that you build off of is like, how can you make and save more money? Um, and so for me, it started with a, like a, I took a side hustle because I was like, I, I don't like the, like reducing my lifestyle portion. I just like the (laughs) making more money portion, (laughs) but I also needed to reduce my lifestyle. And I really did that too, by looking at like, what could I cut that is just, I'm not going to feel it. Like I, and I, and for me, I had a car, like I said, I had a car that I was not using and it was, you know, it was, it was 300 bucks a month with insurance and gas and part cost. And I was getting parking tickets and like, it just was yeah. like not an expense I needed. Um, and then I started um, ultimately that turned into the agency that I now own, but I started freelancing. So I had a, like a full-time corporate job. And then I, I took some freelance work on the side um, more recently, I have looked at a couple of additional ways to make money. So um, I'm a huge proponent of like, we have a housing crisis where I live and I have extra space. So I, I 
I say I run a small inn, but I have like two Airbnbs um, and have had a handful of investment properties um, in, yeah, over the last few years. And so that for me has been really like a, a way to offset our mortgage. So um, we built a brand new house and our mortgage costs us the exact same as the old house that we were in because we have two um, income suites. Um, and then another thing that I've done, which is like, I've done it at the office, I've done it at home is I've gotten connected with, and it's through, I think it's creative BC, but, but like not hard to find. Um, we have a, uh, like a thriving film and television, uh, sector here. So my old was actually like in the it was in a it was like in a Netflix TV series so it was the flash um so we were like one of the main characters houses in that thing and then I have like I rent I'll rent my house I'll rent my office um yeah so that that like in our first yeah. few years in our old place um we did thirty thousand dollars of additional income just in like uh, film and television work, which they also like relocate you and put you up somewhere. So, so just finding kind of creative ways to, to make more. You are exceptional. So your kids do Rover and can save $2,000. And I mean, that was over like years, but yes, <laughs> it's great. She was yeah. also making bracelets, which I was like, I That's want great. to buy bracelets. Yeah, for she has an Etsy store. Yes. She has an Etsy store. And as much as I don't like Instagram, I swear I'm only on Facebook because I'm obsessed with marketplace. Uh, and I think it's so, so excellent. Um, and I will also share that in this conversation of like money in money out, yeah. I think the buy nothing pages in cities are so uh, powerful. Yeah. And it brings me so much joy to just say like, this is on the front porch, please come and get it if you would yeah. use it. Yeah. And I think that the essence of not throwing things out it, we cherish things differently. Yeah. You give them away. And I actually yeah. just read a newsletter from Adam Grant. And he said, you know, if I could rewrite a book I wrote 10 years ago, I would inspire the next generation to be givers, just give yeah. and yeah. watch how yeah. it reciprocates. It and back. so yeah. always does. And I think like, may that be a lesson in yeah. the world of finance yeah. that we're just not getting like, how, yeah. how do we give? Yeah. How do we give? And I, I love that. And I, I, I'm with you. I have a goal this year of buying nothing new in terms of like what I put on, again on my mantra of like everything, yeah. I but I'm like, sometimes you do need a new whatever. And so same thing. It's like Poshmark consignment, yes. like so much loved stuff out there that already exists yeah. that like, and you have things yeah. that other people um, will treasure. And yeah, I, okay. yeah, I totally agree with that. I love it. Well, we've gone over time. I could just riff with you for so long on so many other things, but we'll make sure there's links in the show notes for people Yay. to come and find you. And our last question that I must ask is what is making your heartbeat faster these days, Katie? Oh, my heartbeat faster. I think after a long, long time of actually, this is a smart cookie thing too. I've been like accruing. So trying to find the best possible, like credit card that you're paying off, uh, but that is also points generating. So I have saved and saved and saved, and we're going to surprise my son for his birthday um, with a trip. So we're taking him to Legoland, but just getting into the sunshine is what I was going to say, but um, that was all done. So it's like a free trip uh, all through airplanes. points. 
Hmm. Well, okay. Will you drop it? What is the Aeroplan point I card? I the American Express. I'm a big fan of American Express from their um, like from a consumer protection side, and they've got I think the best like points and point awards system. Them. So it's the Aeroplan, um, like Black American Express. Okay, Aeroplan points for the win. Pay off your credit card. Pay off your credit cards and then the use those points to get into the sunshine. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, please don't stop being all things you. We love it so, so much. You too. Just know that. Thanks, Jeff. Talk soon. Oh, hey, before you go, you know, listening to podcasts on this thing called the internet, it's a wild ride. And what would be so helpful on our wild journey is if you would be so kind to jump on and give us a review. Four, maybe even five stars. It really helps. Thanks for joining us.